I'm sure you guys have discussed some uh, good plot twists. I'm going to share three with you that have stuck out to me from over the years. Shh, shush thy mush, thank you. So uh, basically, on the screen, uh, I'm going to show you three plot twists that stood out to me. The first one is from a film I'm sure many of you have watched in your childhood on the screen. You should hopefully see a still from it. If someone's on the PowerPoint. Is someone on the... Yeah, oh, you can't really see it very much. But this is Frozen. And Hans is a skis and he betrayed my trust when I saw this film. If you ever watched Frozen growing up, I didn't see this plot twist coming. Oh my goodness. I felt sorry for Anna. She deserved better. But it's okay because it was a happy ending. The second picture that I'm going to put up on the screen, if you haven't got past the fourth Harry Potter book or film, close your eyes. I'm not going to say anything. But this moment... Oh, this, this got me. This little, this little plot twist moment right there. Mm-mm, was not a fan. And the last one is slightly more niche, but if you are a Marvel fan in the room and you watch WandaVision and it was Agatha all along behind a bunch of stuff, oh my goodness, this was a plot twist. I love a bit of Marvel, so... And Marvel's full of plot twists. I mean, Loki, is he dead? Is he alive? Is he somewhere in between? It always changes. But anyway, moving on. So, can everyone just lower the volume a bit? Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, today we are thinking about something kind of to do with plot twists that ties in with our, not it, <laughs> plot twists that ties in with our faith and our lives. And we are going to be thinking about turning points in our lives. That was Maisie. I saw it at the corner of my eye. There you go. Have a Fredo. Very nice. But turning points are the most... Not anymore, it's already happened once. You've got to wait for the other two words now. Uh, but turning points are the moments in our lives where things turn around or we're set in a different direction than we were before. And sometimes these are in circumstances to do with our faith. Sometimes these are circumstances to do with our personal lives. Uh, but they all tie in with how we view God and how we view faith. And I've actually roped someone in to just share about a little bit of a turning point in their faith. So you're not just hearing from us leaders. So Nathan, I don't know where you're sat in the room. Yes, Nathan. Give an applause for Nathan as he comes up. He's just going to share for like... A little short while about a turning point to do with his faith. I think a little short while is a bit too long, but um, yeah. Uh, so it's just like something that I've read uh, recently, and it's just like um, to do with muscle memory. And like going to church can be like muscle memory to uh, become like a habit, and instead of expecting to meet God, so that's kind of like challenged me. It's kind of like made me think that every time I go to church, I'm more ready to meet God than just going like just to go to church. Wonderful. Give it up for Nathan. Thank you. So the chances are that we have all had various different moments that have made us think, various different turning points in our lives. Some of them are positive, some are neutral, some are negative. It might be things like the first time you go to church or you start a new school or you've moved to Hales Owen from somewhere else, like I have. I grew up in the Northeast. This is not where I was born. Or maybe you get yourself a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Or maybe you get broken up with by a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Maybe you go to a new college. Maybe you start a new job. Maybe you get a new car. Maybe your parents get remarried. All sorts of different things can happen in our lives. These are just a few examples. But you see, turning points have the power to build up our faith or to shake it as well, particularly when it comes to the tough turning points in our lives. 
And when it comes to the tough times, we can choose whether we turn towards God and we seek him or whether we just kind of ignore him or maybe even step away from him as well. But to know that God is close to us can be a beautiful and amazing thing. And it's in these times that God often stops just being someone who gets prayed to before dinner, someone that you hear us talk about here, but becomes very real and personal to you as you see him in your own life. Now, people often talk about life being a little bit like a journey. So using some examples said before, maybe this is you, you're this little blob here. Look how fantastic you look. And uh, this is, you know, life and you're kind of going along and then, oh, you started a new school and then, oh, your parents got divorced and then, whoop, here you do really bad in your exams. Whoop, you get into college and that's nice. Whoop, you get a new car. Ooh, you get a boyfriend, girlfriend. Oh, they broke up with you. And it changes like this. And everything's a journey and you have all these different turning points that kind of affect the path that you are going on in your life like so. And sometimes we feel like we are alone in those moments, like things are either great or they're not so great, but we can feel like we're alone. And this red pen, sometimes we feel like, God, we're not sure where he is in these things. But actually, where he is, is he's always right there with us in all of these moments, in these turning points, in the same direction we're going, because God is always with us, no matter the turning points. However, whether we decide to lean into him or lean away is up to us. Whether we choose to try and find where he is and ask what he's really like in those moments. And the Bible is full of people who have turning points. So, for example, there is Joseph with his technical... Oh, my word! That was speedy. There you go. It was over here. Oh, was he genuinely first? Genuinely, see me at the end because I feel bad. Okay, John's nodding. Okay, but I feel like he'll be cruel to take it off, so I trust. Uh, but so, yes, for example, there are people like Joseph who gets his Technicolor dream coat. You might know the musical, Hannah does. Yeah. Sing us a line. Wonderful, it was worth a try. Um, but he gets thrown into a pit by his brothers. Uh, he gets sold off to slaves and then he ends up you know, governing over whole bunches of Egypt. His life is basically turning point after turning point. But we are going to look at a story that happened when Jesus was alive. And so I present to you a story beginning in John 11.1 1, and it's going to be coming up on the screen. So a man named Lazarus. <laughs> Can any leaders help me out here? Because that was like... So Amy is saying back there, and she's not from that crew, so I'm going to trust that Amy is a leader. I don't know if I can... I'm going to have to change arms, because left arm is not good for throwing. I'm going to hit someone in the head. Nearly hit someone in the head anyway. I apologize. I am sorry. It's all in the name of friendly competition. But anyway, John 11:1. So now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister, Martha. So Mary, Martha, and Lazarus were all good friends of Jesus. He knew them well. You might have heard the story where he goes around for dinner, and one of the sisters is like, oh, I must clean, and the other one's like, oh, I'm going to listen to Jesus. That's a very abridged version, by the way. Um, but these are the same people if you are used to that story. Uh, but Mary and Martha reached out to Jesus to help with their brother, Lazarus. And so we can see that they sent out word to Jesus on the next one. Da, 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 da. So the sister sent word to Jesus and the next one, saying, Lord, the one that you love is sick. 
And now the Bible doesn't specify that they said Lazarus, says the Lord, the one you love is sick. So they knew that he would know who they were talking about when they said this. So they would get that this is one of his nearest and dearest friends. But the thing is, Jesus didn't arrive at their house straight away. Like back in those times, there was no like Ubers or cars. You sometimes would have to walk miles and miles to get anywhere. And Jesus was days away. So he got the message and he came and he turned up. But by the time he had got there, Lazarus had already died. He was too late. Now, Mary and Martha knew that Jesus would be able to heal their brother, which is why they called on him. They knew he'd done loads of miracles. They knew that he had the power to heal him. And so that is why they sent for him, knowing that he could do this. But things didn't go how they planned, because when he turned up, Lazarus was already dead. They had the worst turning point imaginable, that their brother had passed away. And imagine how they must have been feeling when Jesus turned up at their house too late. Well, the Bible says this next. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. I mean, That's pretty deep. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Now, Martha had lost her brother. She was probably confused and angry and not really understanding what was going on and wondering why Jesus hadn't been there when her and her sister needed him the most. And I wonder if you've ever felt like this too, whether when you've been in a really tough time, whether the people you've needed the most haven't been there or maybe you've actually felt like in the time you've really needed God to show up that he's not been there either. But in turning points, the good ones and the bad ones, it can ask us, it can get us to ask, what is God really like? And in chewing this over, Martha still decides to trust Jesus. And in her pain, she experienced him being with her. And we read the next couple of passages saying this. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Next one. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And carry on to the next one. Whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe in this? Martha goes on saying, yes, that she does believe in all of this, that Jesus didn't show up when she thought she needed him to, but she still somehow trusted that something was going to happen. But after all of this, in John eleven thirty five, we read the shortest verse in the Bible, and it is two words long, and that is simply, Jesus wept. That Jesus himself, he wept because he was full of emotion, and he got the pain, and he was there with Mary and Martha, and he got it. And this is the thing, that no matter the turning points in our lives, no matter how tough they are, that Jesus, that God is there alongside with us. He wept in that situation, and he is with us in the difficult times as well. And know that God is near, whether you feel it or not. There's a verse in the Bible that says, be still and know that I am God. And it doesn't say, be still and feel that I am God. It says, be still and know that I am God. Because our feelings aren't all that trustworthy sometimes. But at this point in the story, things get a little bit crazy. Because essentially, uh, Jesus goes around and he ends up raising Lazarus from the dead like an actual person comes back from the dead complete with like linen and cloth hanging off him it's like I said to Laura I don't know how like PC this is I was like was Lazarus like the first official like non-fleshy eating zombie was this like a thing like I don't know 
But I mean, this is where my brain went. But the thing is, the story ended in a happy ending, but the story is more than this, because we all know that life doesn't always end in happy endings like it did for Lazarus. And many of us in the room will have had tricky moments where things don't feel so good. Maybe you found the last couple of years really, really tough, not being able to see people. Maybe you have been finding school horrendously stressful. Maybe there's stuff going on in your families or your friendship circles. Maybe you have even turned to God and you have prayed and prayed and begged with him and just felt like he hasn't come through. And I wonder what these things mean for our faith when we can choose to turn to him or turn away. But we need to remember where Jesus was in the middle of Mary and Martha's pain, which is that Jesus wept and he was with them. He's alongside us in the great times when we're doing really well in school, when we feel confident, when our friends are great. And he's with us when maybe we've got broken friendships, when we've fallen out with someone, when we've made a mistake, or where things really don't feel great. But if things get better or worse, Jesus is there. And if we remember this, it can be a game changer. Because the story of Mary and Martha and Lazarus serves as a reminder of where he is in these times. And when we face a turning point, we can remember to ask, where is God in this and what is God like? And we have those two choices to lean into him or step away. And if you're a Christian, maybe leaning in for you means uh, praying first thing in the morning or reading a bit of the Bible or grabbing someone that you know to pray with you or listening to a worship song. And maybe if you're not a Christian, you're like, well, I might as well give something a shot. Maybe I'll just try praying or I'll message someone I know who believes in uh, God and just see if they can pray for me. And I'll just kind of see how it goes. Whether you're a Christian or not, we can choose to take a step towards God. When tough times happen, when faith uh, feels like it might all just be a little bit made up or we have doubts, or we can turn and decide it's the only strong and real thing in our lives. 